0: Green Divas heart wildlife. Who can resist all those videos and images of adorable baby animals? But sometimes these adorable creatures really need our help. Let's celebrate wild animals, learn about them, and do what we can to help them. All right, well, we're on again with Lorianne Bird. Who is the environmental health director for the Center for Biological Diversity? Hi, Lori. Hi, Loriann. Loriann. (laughs) Loriann. Oh, um, forgive me. And Lorianne has the cool last name Bird, which, for what she does, I still think is really cool. (laughs) Even though you spell I like it too. Yeah, yeah, you didn't. You didn't. uh, You didn't name yourself that one because it's spelled B U R D. But you know. That's right. Anyway, so today we're going to talk about neonicotinoids mm-hmm. and, like, their effect on on wildlife and, obviously, pollinators. We hear this in conjunction with colony collapse disorder and other issues with uh, honeybees, correct? That's right. Uh, so what's the latest?
1: Oh, well, the latest is that we're waiting on the White House Pollinator Task Force to release their report, um and give, give us some sense of how aggressive of action they anticipate taking to help with our pollinator crisis. So I know. that's what we're waiting for right at this moment. <laughs> I
0: know I've signed some petition to go to the White House regarding That this. was it then. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, you guys are great at taking action on this stuff, and I know... Um, I know there's a lot going. Now, t- tell us a little bit about neonicotinoids and what they are, and, and and how they you know how they do get into the ecosystem and affect wildlife.
1: Sure. So, neonicotinoids are systemic insecticides, um, which means that they're taken up in a plant, and um, the entire plant becomes insecticidal if the seed is treated, right. and which is the most common way that neonicotinoids are used. Um, so, they're in a as systemic insecticides, they're very potent. They're four of the six approved neonicotinoids are considered highly toxic to bees. They're the most commonly used insecticide today. They're highly persistent in the environment. Yeah. And their major use is as a seed treatment. So over 90% of neonicotinoid acreage in use is as a seed treatment, which means that seeds are dipped in the insecticide prior to being sold and then they're kind of sold already tr- treated with the insecticide and so then the whole plant is sort of prophylactically insecticidal.
0: Wow. Now, yes. is that considered uh, genetically engineering?
1: No, it's not. Okay. No, because it's just a surface dip. They're not going okay. into the cell structure. However, many GE crops are also treated with neonicotinoids. Really? Yeah. Another... The vast majority of commercial crops are neonicotinoid-treated, so 99% of corn and uh, most most kind of commodity crops, wheat, those kinds of things right, are right. usually treated with these neonicotinoid seed coatings. And interestingly, the federal government just released a report several months ago finding that neonicotinoid treatment did nothing <laughs> to improve yield of soybeans, helped farmers in no way whatsoever. Oh, good. So, so... we are using them on hundreds of millions of acres and poisoning (laughs) the pollinators on hundreds of millions of acres as a result of that exposure. And we're not even seeing benefits, at least for soybeans. Wow. Um, And we'll have more studies on their yield impacts on other crops. But, um, they, neonicotinoids work to harm pollinators kind of in two main ways. The first is acute toxicity, um, Many people have heard about the incident in Oregon two years ago when 50,000 bumblebees dropped dead after a neonicotinoid was sprayed on some trees that were in bloom Uh that they were visiting. So there are those kinds of acute toxicity incidents where you have a pile of bodies on the ground. Um, Very often these things don't happen above parking lots, so you don't actually end up finding the pile of bodies. And so we can guess that there are tons of massive bee kills happening all the time, yeah. um, and we just don't know about them because they're not happening over a paved surface. Right. But the the really insidious one that actually has probably the most significant population-scale effects is the way... Uh, the really insidious issue is the subacute toxicity, which we also sometimes call delayed mortality. Right. And that's when um, most... When, it's when um, a pollinator or other species is exposed to even a tiny amount of neonicotinoids, So um, not, not the big spraying incidents, but just flying over a field where right. the plants are treated with neonics and maybe stopping and having some nectar at a plant. So those kinds of small exposures. Um, and what happens is even at a very low dosage, pollinators like honeybees and bumblebees will experience really significant effects, like decreased foraging ability, reduced reproductive yeah. success. It's like um, they get
0: depressed.
1: <laughs> well, their, their entire brain function Aww. gets messed up, and so oftentimes they just don't find their way home. Aww. So some, They just don't come home at the end of the day. It seems kind of sad. Um, yeah, it's really sad. They just lose their ability to navigate, and they'll just die these slow deaths.
0: Very depressing. Yeah, I've heard that some of these things can also suppress their immune system and make them more That's vulnerable right. to other issues. That's
1: absolutely right,
0: yeah.
1: Right. A recent study actually just showed um, that colonies exposed to one neonicotinoid in particular get over well, are much more likely to get overrun by fungus and also by wasps. Oh. So I, I'm not saying that neonicotinoids are the sole cause of our pollinator problems, But when you have something that's weakening a pollinator's entire uh, brain function and impacting its reproductive success, its immunity, and all those things, then all the other factors, like a really hard winter or fungus or wasps, they don't have as much defense. Much more significant threat.
0: Now, what about things like bats? They're pollinators. Are they affected by these things?
1: Um, So, because neonicotinoid use became so widespread so quickly, the rate of science coming out is incredibly fast, but still not keeping up with the effects. And so there's more and more coming out every day, every day. I'm finding some new study that was just published that's giving us really important information. We do know that neonics are really harmful to birds, and there are significant population-level decreases of birds in areas of heavy neonicotinoid use. We know that even one corn kernel treated with a neonicotinoid seed coating is enough to kill a songbird. (gasps) Oh, (laughs) Um, no. Yeah, so they're really highly toxic. And when you think about the millions of acres in the U.S. planted with corn, you can kind of get a sense of the (laughs) environmental crisis I'm talking about here. And and bats, of course, eat bugs. So so. they're going to bioaccumulate in bats. So um, I imagine we'll be seeing more and more on bats.
0: Well, so... There were these bird, weird bird die-offs. I don't know if they ever had any explanation where like, hundreds of birds just like fall out of the sky, sort of like the bee thing. Do you know if neonicotinoids were at all involved with that?
1: Um, I've not heard that, Okay. but um, there are plenty of studies coming out showing yeah. that neonicotinoids are having a significant impact so on
0: birds. So what would you tell our listeners to do if they're concerned, obviously they can go to the Center for Biological Diversity, which is uh, biologicaldiversity.org?
1: That's right. Yeah, you can go to our website um, and and sign up for our newsletter, and yeah. that way you can get our action alerts. Yes. Another great thing people can do is when you go to your no- local nursery and buy plants, ask if those plants have been treated with neonicotinoids. Many um, nurseries are selling plants, even plants labeled as pollinator-friendly, yeah. that, have been treating neo- w- that have been treated with neonicotinoids. So they're actually luring the pollinators in and then killing them as a result of their exposure to the neonicotinoids right there. Well, so by more- asking, you're really making a difference and letting them know that they need to make sure that they're carrying plants. And then the final thing is... Um, Choosing organic food because organic food can't be treated with neonicotinoids. So whenever you can, um, going with that lower chemical option Vote. So vote
0: with your dollar against neonicotinoids. And I know for us, when we buy any plants that we haven't started our own seedlings for gardening and vegetables or whatever, I mean, we go out of our way to try to find organic and um, it's getting easier and easier. It used to be pretty difficult.
1: Yeah, well, so. that's awesome. Keep, keep it up, because the more people ask, the more they have to exactly. meet that
0: demand. Well, great, great job, and I'm looking forward to talking to you again. And, um, you know, keep up the great work. And, and everybody, I know that uh, you'll go to biologicaldiversity.org, but you'll also probably see some stuff along with this um, this podcast uh, with more information and links. Thanks so much, Lorianne.
1: Thank you so much. Take care.
0: Thanks for listening to this episode of Green Divas Heart Wildlife. Please visit thegreendivas.com, that's T-H-E, greendivas.com, to learn more about wildlife, nature, and a whole lot more.